You're listening to Left of the Dial. I'm your host, Kitsy, and with me once again is the unreplaceable Caleb Coy. Aw, hey. Hi, I'm back, everybody. You're back. You're back from I'm your back. vacation. Yeah, I did some did some traveling, made some music. It was just, it was beautiful. I loved it. Uh, just, we just, you know, read a, a write-up today of the, the a review of the show, and it was glowing. And I just, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad you're back, too, because, I mean... You know, I think we did okay without you, but it's just not the same. I'm sure you did great, though. I'm sure it was wonderful. It's, I'm sure it was fine, but, <laughs> but, 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 you know, it's always nice to have you here. It's nice to see you. Oh, yay. <laughs> uh, anyway, this week we have a, our, our new friend, uh, Dan Drago from the 25 o'clock podcast, which is, uh, Philly's longest running music podcast, you think. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. No one's corrected me yet. So, and I think that if there was someone out there to correct me, that is something they would want to correct me. About. I feel like that's the kind of thing yeah. that someone from Philly would jump out, like jump oh, through absolutely. your window to be yeah. like, actually, and it probably would have hey. happened by now. Like, <laughs> hey, you, you goon. <laughs> hey, what's it to you? you I might don't know e- why. Yeah, it's not what we sound like. Eh, it's kind of like it's kind of what you sound like. It's not what I sound like at all. I'm you, not what you're talking about. You might even say Philly's premier music podcast. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. We got wiggle room with premiere. What is yeah. you know what what does that mean? Yeah. Nobody knows. That's the <laughs> best t- part. Here, I'll tell you what you can um, you, you can use this. Uh, I'm officially giving you permission to use this. It is uh, Kitsy's favorite Philly music podcast. Oh my gosh, I am using that. I'm, 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 that that's a tag. You hereby have permission to use that, and that is on the record now. So. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I'm, 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 I'm getting shirts made, real nice shirts, just like, yes. just like the shirt, yes. just like the left of the dial shirt that you sent me. It's going to be nice and soft. Uh, hey. It's going to have your face on it. Yes, um, I love it. And yeah, that's a good, uh, a good shout out. We have shirts now. Um, we, we, we will have them at fest, but we have a few on our Bandcamp page. If, uh, you're so inclined, if you're not going to be at fest and you want to help support left of the dial and all the things that we do head yeah. to left of the dial.bandcamp.com and, uh, you can pick up a t-shirt and Dan, do you want to give a quick, just review of the shirt as like, <laughs> as a, as a user of the shirt, as a, sure, as a, sure. a consumer of the shirt? <laughs> sure. Uh, first off, when I opened the package, uh, and pulled the shirt out of the package. Uh, it did not smell chemically. Like, you know Ooh, what I mean? You get a new, you get a brand yeah. new t-shirt and an unwashed, like off the factory line t-shirt. It's got yeah, yeah. that kind of chemical t-shirt smell to it. And you're like, well, this is fine. I'll throw it in the washer. And I took it out. It did not smell of chemicals. Um, I'm sure chemicals were involved in making this shirt, but uh, I, I wouldn't know. Yeah, they kind of um, have to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. everything's made of chemicals when you think about it, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then I put it on. Like, I put it on my body, on my uh, aging 41-year-old uh, body, and that's about as far as we're going to get on that right there. Um, <laughs> and it's it's very soft. It's light without feeling flimsy. Um, I know when we had talked in before we started rolling, you had selected this particular kind of shirt because of its quality, despite the fact that it was more costly to you, and Correct. I salute you for it. Uh, absolutely. Sometimes the money is, it's, it's worth spending the money, and uh, I highly recommend people snap these shirts up uh, while they can. Yeah, that's a, that's a philosophy we like to live by. It's, it's worth uh, spending on quality uh, and longevity here. Yeah, uh, yeah. If, I, I would rather not do a thing than cheap out and do it poorly. 
Absolutely. Although the, I, I do also operate under the idea that anything worth doing is also worth doing poorly. Um, <laughs> I mean, that in, in or like anything that was worthwhile, even if like, and I think of that more as like, not like making records or t-shirts or like podcasts, but like brushing your teeth. Sometimes if you can only get like 30, 45 seconds in there, Hey, that's better than not brushing your teeth at all. That's a, Probably yeah. one of the better examples for yeah. Your, yeah. your point. I, then, then, Exercising yeah, two days a week instead of four or five days a week. Hey, two yeah. is better than zero. That, you That's know what? True. These are these are all true things. I I used to have this problem with um with money. Actually, I would set myself a goal of like I I want to save you know five hundred dollars a month in a savings account. And it would get to a point where like I couldn't quite hit 500. So I'd be like, well, I guess I'm not doing that this month and I wouldn't save anything. Mm. And then I, I had to remind myself that like any amount of money in that savings account at the end of the month yeah. is a win. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, even, if I only, even if I only put a hundred in it, it's still better than none. So it's better than just, zero dollars. Just because exactly. I couldn't hit the 500 doesn't mean I shouldn't at least get what I can in there. So, uh, <laughs> that, so yeah, that's the, I think that falls in line too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so Dan, we've mentioned your podcast, Twenty Five O'Clock. Um, do you want to let folks know where they can find it if, for some reason, they aren't already listening? Well, I got myself a snazzy little website at Twenty Five O'Clock Pod dot com. It's it's fine. Uh, I, I can actually use this uh, this platform that you've given me here. Uh, I think I'm at that stage of my life right now where I could use a web designer. Uh, so if you're listening, go to Twenty Five O'Clock Pod dot com. Look at it, and then I don't know. Hit me up. Tell me what you can do for it, because I made that myself, and I take nothing personally on its shortcomings. Like I am not a web designer, but I made it, and the people gave me tools to make it. But anyway, twenty um, five clockpot dot com. Make it better for me. <laughs> I don't think I've actually looked go. at this uh, this website yet. I'm looking at it now. It's, uh, a, it's, it's all right. It's a it, functional website. It's, it's got stuff. It's a website. It is. It is, it is technically a website. Yes. <laughs> it exists on the web. You can get stuff from it. Uh, the, the, the show's available pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. Yeah. So, uh, you know, through your, through your major, major services and all that. Uh, I am not on Spotify uh, because of uh, copyright reasons, yep. I, I, yep. I believe. Uh, and that's fine uh, with me. Uh, I'm not... I'm not too broken up about that. When Spotify got in the podcast game a year or so ago, hey, welcome to the fold, guys. You know, you discovered it. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, I don't care about being on Spotify or not being on Spotify. But uh, anyway, we yeah. we actually had we had trouble with that too. Um, we mm -hmm. were using uh, initially we were using Anchor as our distributor, who Spotify owns. They do now, yeah. They yeah. didn't used to. <laughs> they well, they did when we started, at least. Um, and, and basically we uploaded our first episode and they were like, we're using copyrighted music. You can't distribute this anywhere and like completely shut us down. Um, yeah. and I even like kind of responded. I was like, we're fair use. We're a music critique and commentary podcast. Like it's, it's exactly what the fair use Exactly. Uh, Me too. I said yeah. the same thing. I was like, I research what fair use is. I'm not an idiot. Like, yeah. and they were know, just I, like, no. And I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. So we had to pick yeah, a different no, distributor. That's, that's exactly. That's exactly the the thing that I had when they first got on the podcast game. I was just like, no, nah, well, let me see. And I said, like, this is fair use. What I'm doing right here. 
Uh, and they were, again, they were just like, ah, we'd like to err on the side of caution. I'm like, well, why don't you err on the side of up yours? Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> why don't you err on the side of right though? Yeah. We yeah. got, we eh. got, um, we got that, like the, the, the words I hate the most is, well, it's our policy to not eh. do this. So I'm like, okay, well your policy's dumb and it sucks and it's wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, the rest of us will keep making interesting, uh, podcast of, artists and challenging things that aren't on major labels and you yeah. know fine whatever like you can ignore us for a while but we all know how cycles go in media and all that and eventually you know you're gonna want what we have so you know. yeah. yes spotify yeah, yeah. take that <laughs> yeah. Hey, any- hey spotify <laughs> pay artists more yes yeah yeah or at all or yeah at <laughs> all would be great <laughs> you're not wrong yeah Anyway, you know, you know who pays artists? Bandcamp. Yeah, love Bandcamp. Yeah. Love them. Left of the dial pays artists. Yeah. Yes, we, we do. do. Yep. Yes, we do. And you I know mean, why? Because we sell through Bandcamp. Yes. And so we can. If we did all our shit yeah. through Spotify, no one would get paid, including <laughs> us. Oh God. Yeah. God. So I mean, not God bless Bandcamp because in the end, every I don't know. I I have my issues with literally everything in the world. Um, but <laughs> um, they are they're a great avenue to 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 get things done and move things out. And I always send people when, when I link things on the podcast and through the web and through social media, I will lean almost always towards the band camp, the band camp or the bands or the band's official site. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just to be like, Hey, you want to give them money and you want the best chance of giving them the most money. I'm like, go here. Mm -hmm. Cause here's the thing. If you're going to spend the money on the music anyway, why not make sure that the majority of it goes to the band instead of, you know, some company. Yeah. I mean, for a year and a half, almost two years, we, you know, we really couldn't go to shows and like hand these people our cash or, you know, yeah. Sli- yeah. slide our card through the little chippy thing. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was the next best thing we could do. And Bandcamp Friday was great. Hell yeah. Uh, I, think it sh- I think it should be every Friday. I think every Friday should be Bandcamp Friday. I think it Friday. should be every day. Oh. Well, <laughs> they, no, I, I'm, they I'm, I'm with business, you on that. They can't do that. Yeah, um, but every Friday, because Fridays are new release days. I think that uh, would be cool. Every Friday would be cool. Um, I doubt that's going to happen. Uh, no. But I'd like to see them keep at least doing Bandcamp Friday, like, indefinitely. Yeah, first uh, Friday. Which kind of yeah. feels like they're going to do, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll I see. think they have, whatever they've gained, whatever they, they've lost in their tiny percentage of revenue that they pull out of your record, they've made up for, and people constantly saying, hey, it's Bandcamp Friday. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, people yeah, are absolutely. keeping Bandcamp in their mouths. Like that, yeah. that name is is out there. It's it's a it's a good marketing play, and it's also good for the bands. Like it's everybody wins. Yeah, everybody wins except Spotify, which is fine with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is also a win. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I have friends oh, that work for Spotify. Great. I feel bad ragging on them so much, but come on. This is just this is three three folk here in glasses on a podcast, just like talking about media marketing this is just gold right here and i I think we've done everything we need to do tonight everyone (laughs) yeah so uh this has been left the dial thank you so much for listening no um we we should we should talk about some music uh dan you i I gave you a very loose uh kind of direction for songs to pick so do you want to like tell us what the actual (laughs) theme of uh of of your selections are what like how you want to like what's the what's the title of this episode going to be Oh gosh, I don't know. That's that's up to you, man. You're the you're the content creator. Well, see, uh, uh, well, well, I think what I told you was like pick six like Philly bands that that you love or six that you think are underrated or whatever. So like, what? Oh, you, sure. H- how would you how would you categorize this? What would you say? 
I completely forgot that you said that to me. Uh, so, when I went to go pick, so when I went to go pick the the stuff, I had that moment where I was just like, oh, this is too much freedom. Like, what do I pick? Like, six songs, like, for the rest of your life? Like, yeah. um, uh, And I obviously knew that I was going to lean very heavily on uh, on Philadelphia bands, unsigned bands, small, uh, smaller. I don't like to use the word smaller or bigger, but uh, bands with less renown. Sure. Um, but I also thought when I do these shows, I do like to get into a little bit of how I even got into this game or just like the little kernels of things that occurred to me throughout my life that sort of got me to where I am as a guy in a basement with a podcast. Um, and so a couple of these tracks are not necessarily like Philly, Philly bands and certainly not like current uh, Philly okay. independent bands, but they're sort of part, they're part of the grand tapestry. Uh, okay. That, that, they're they're that part of what... your journey to where you are today. Yes. Yeah. So, so maybe we could say like the six songs that made Dan who he, I don't know. We'll, we'll workshop it. Yeah. <laughs> the first couple, definitely. Like I, I wanted like two sort of introductory tracks to just be like, this is early, like me kind of finding my way into this. And then there's some tracks of stuff that is happening like literally right now. Cool. So, for my own notes, for the show notes, I uh, just noted down a theme, pick fi- uh, six Philly bands. Result, Dan forgot and told his musical journey instead. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. Perfect. Well, uh, so Dan, we heard a song coming into the podcast. Do you want to tell us what that was? So the song you heard coming in was from a band called Lilies. Uh, it's a song called uh, Shovel and Spade Kit. It's from their record, Better Can't Make Your Life Better, which I believe came out in 96. Damn. And uh, the Lilies, fronted by uh, Kurt Heasley, were probably like the first Philly band I ever got into. Now, I did not grow up in Philadelphia. I grew up in Western New York. I grew up in the Rochester area. And I don't I know how know I this. came across. Yeah, uh, Caleb and I uh, in in pre roll already had yeah. uh, some discussions about some real real specific Western New York regionalism. <laughs> right yeah, actually, um, I lived in Syracuse for a little bit, which is actually where I met Caleb. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we were, Syracuse and Rochester, just an hour and just barely an hour and change away from each other. Yeah, bonding over that old Syracuse Rochester Buffalo uh, I ninety scene. Yep. Yeah was, the 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 I ninety corridor. Uh, which in Buffalo, they don't refer to as I-90. They just call it, it the 90. The 90. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> I, also, I don't care like, for it either. What are you, They LA? also say Come pop. <laughs> what do they say? Yeah, they, 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 they do say pop and not soda. Those goddamn no. Buffalonians. No, I, 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 <laughs> I can't get too hard on Buffalo because uh, I, I married a Buffalonian. So. Oh, well done. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but anyway, Lily's, uh, the record Better Can't Make Your Life Better, which I heard probably in high school uh, on, a, on a radio program called The Indie Rock Show. Uh, so you can guess what that show is about. That was on WBER in Rochester, ah, New York. I love WBER. Ah, and that's probably Hands the first down, time. one of my favorite radio stations in the country. Still kicking, still indie as hell. Yep, Still, nice. like, they're... They're still doing exa- and still playing a lot of the same music that they were playing in the yeah. mid 90s. Every time uh, I pass through Rochester, I make sure to find that station and listen to it because it's always yeah. good. Oh, it's, it's, it's always a great time. You will hear, you will hear Goldfinger at any given time on <laughs> WPR. Yes. That's not something you can say about most radio stations. No, no it's not. No, no, no. Um, but the Lilies uh, are sort of 
it's back and forth where they're from. They're also considered sort of a DC area band, but I always knew them as a Philly area band. And so when I moved to Philadelphia in around 2003, 2004, very shortly after I got here, I had the opportunity to see Kurt Heasley, the frontman of this band that I loved so much, play somewhere in the Northern Liberties. Uh, memory goes at this point. Uh, it was maybe upstairs at the Standard Tap, or I could be completely making that up right there. Uh, but I saw him play, and it was sort of this moment I had just gotten to Philly, hadn't been here very long. I was in bands, you know, like trying to, you know, do the thing you do in your 20s when you move to a major city to be in a band. And like just being able to access someone like Kurt Heasley and the music of the Lilies in this totally accessible space and mm -hmm. just like walk up to it and see it was like this beginning of this kernel in my head of like, oh, you can just do this in this city. It's not New York. It's not Los Angeles where like yeah. there's this... Uh, veil of, you know, like, oh, those are professional musicians. That's big time stuff. You can't access that as a regular human. Yeah. Uh, the fact that you could like go to this, again, I do not remember where I saw him, but but I could just go. Or like seeing bands like, like Man Man in like DIY spaces or Modern Baseball or Paint It Black or bands like that and just being like, oh, you can just, you can hang with these people after yeah. after a show. Like there's there's no velvet rope curtain where they go to away in their rock stars, you never get to see them. Like mm -hmm. you can access things here in Philadelphia. So I, I picked that track as being like sort of the beginning of me realizing like, oh, it's all out on the table. You can anything is for the taking that 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 you want to engage with. Now I'm gonna say what I think is probably the obvious thing. There's very strong kinks vibes on this song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, I think, uh, I, I can't remember if it was Pitchfork or somewhere else that like called Kurt Heasley like a masterful thief. Uh, <laughs> and, but I, I, I think they meant it in the nicest way possible. Uh, yeah. the, the Lilies would go on to make some very interesting, psychedelic, kind of out there music. Uh, Kurt Heasley, I think, is a, a highly unsung genius, not only of Philadelphia, but just of, of independent music uh, in, in the 90s. I think he's a great, great band leader and a great writer. I wasn't familiar. I wasn't either, yeah. actually. This was this was a new one for me. In fact, yeah. uh, they, most of this uh, th this <laughs> picks are, are new for me, and I'm uh, I'm excited. We've got I a try. bit of a journey to go on to. Yeah, them. great. One of one of them's not new, and we'll get to that. But <laughs> but we're not there yet. <laughs> we're not yeah. there. But we will be. Now, are they uh, are they still active, or is this kind of they've since been uh, defunct? I'm not oh. certain. 20, uh, I see something from 2017. Yeah, he so. he continues to put out music every once in a while, pokes his head out. But again, like, it's not dissimilar to how they were in the time, too, where it yeah. was not, you know, they didn't tour heavily. They weren't, you know, mm -hmm. they weren't out there, like, trying to trying to make it or, like, trying to, you know, get themselves all over the country or all over the East Coast or something like that. Very strange sort of... I don't want to say that like they were a closed off band or that Kurt Heasley is a closed off person because I don't know him. I don't know anything about him. I just know little bits and pieces of things I've heard from people who have worked with him and things like that. Um, but he strikes me as like kind of a Harry Nilsson type of person where it's just very interested in writing music, making music, and not really too concerned with all the other trappings of playing shows, you know, being being a face that people remember or a name that people remember. Uh, yeah. And I think, I think there were, there were a handful of people in that era where 
they just wanted to make their weird, gnarly art and put it out there and then go about their lives. I've always loved that. Yeah. The people are just like, I'm just, I'm just here to, to make this. I don't like when you, whatever. I don't like the rest of that's too much work. Yeah. 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 Uh, you want this, me to go and do it? Yeah. Do it 50 times? No, no, that's not. No, 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 no thank you. <laughs> no, I already, I already did it the one time. So it's, that's, that's it. Yeah. That's all I need. There it is. I, um, I just caught a, a couple of quick snippets of the 2017 release in the presence of nothing. And it's like kind of a droney shoegazy. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, I think it might be up my alley. I have to yeah, go back and listen yeah. more, but like, I dig it. <laughs> yeah, the 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 better can't make your life better record that I sort of uh, that that I picked the track from uh, is sort of a standalone for them. Like it, it's the only record they really made that sound like that. There's a record that comes after it called the Three Way, which has elements of this sort of kinksy, you know, vibe uh, mm-hmm. of 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 the '60s, but they also like have been lumped in with like My Bloody Valentine and things like that. You know, this sort yeah. of weird shoegazy psychedelic band. Yeah. And that's like one of my favorite things about psychedelia in general is that there are many, many flavors of psychedelia that you can have. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm stoked about this. I, I, I've got a new thing to check out. Yeah. If anyone out there has any connections to Kurt Heasley in the Philadelphia area, I don't even know if he still lives in the Philadelphia area. Last I knew he did, but... If anyone out there knows Kurt Heasley, I, I want to talk to him on 25 o'clock. Like I, I've been such a fan of his for so long that like that could be a fun that could be a fun talk if he's if he's down. Yeah. Trying to see if I can find any information, you know, short of anything like stonkery. I just want to see if there's any information about him or the band out there. It well, doesn't look like there's a lot. It's the it's the unfortunate thing sometimes with these more obscure bands of certain eras that mm-hmm. like once it's once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, he's he's the only active member listed, but there's like fifty past members. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> it's like guided by voices. It's just like <laughs> oh, uh, years active, nineteen eighty eight to present. So that's that is impressive. That's about Kurt Heasley. Years. Yeah, yeah, Kurt Heasley. If you're out there, I want to talk, man. You've you've got a lot. I'm sure you've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, Kurt. Come Let's on. make it happen. Yes. Philly can do it. Yeah. Do it, Philly. <laughs> Come on, Philly, you thing. got this. <laughs> uh, but the uh, the next track that you uh, you pointed our way, I, I told you before we started recording that this felt very familiar to me, and you explained why that would be. Uh, yeah. So you want to tell us a little bit about it? So this track is from a Rochester, New York band. As I said, I'm originally from the Rochester, New York area. I grew up in a... Eastern suburb called Fairport, a uh, very white collar, affluent uh, suburb. Uh, I know it. Always, always interesting to grow up non-affluent and white collar in an affluent white collar suburb. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if if we wanted to go down the psychotherapist uh, path right there, I think it uh, it speaks a lot to why I am and the way I am and who I am uh, at this point. But uh, that's for another time. Yes. Uh, I I did enjoy many of the uh, advantages of a very well funded school system with a very well funded music and arts program. Like I right. was able to take full advantage of that as a as a young person. Uh, but anyway, that is what I will say about Fairport. Uh, other famed Fairport uh, people include uh, late actor Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, who went to my oh, high really? school and huh. and had my same theater director. So uh, neat. I, 
I got to interview him for my high school paper in the 90s when Twister came out and he was just the nicest person to me ever. Yes. And just a very... I, anytime it comes up at like the anniversary of his passing or anything like that, I will tell the story of him being just an incredibly kind, giving person to like some bumbling high school kid who just like didn't even know the correct questions to ask him. But uh, he was very nice and very giving of his time. And uh, he didn't have to be. Uh, That's and I, very cool. Yeah. I'll always, I'll always remember that of him. He was a, he was a class act. But anyway, uh, the song I selected was from uh, Rochester, New York, pop punk, power pop, whatever you want to call it in 1997. Yeah. Uh, the band was called Mueller. like the the band that opened up for any other cool band that came through Rochester, New York in in the 90s. 
And there weren't a ton of bands coming through Rochester, New York at the 90s. Uh, the ones that did come through, largely thanks to a radio station like WBER that laid mm -hmm. the groundwork for these bands to even have an audience. Yeah. Um, and they did amazing work uh, to, to make that happen. But Mueller, gosh, I must have seen Mueller a dozen times uh, as, as a teenager. Um, I saw them open up for Jawbox uh, <sighs> at an almost snowed out gig in uh, the cafeteria of the Rochester Institute of Technology. Yes. Uh, some, someone booked an RIT gig in the cafeteria, Jawbox, Mueller, and another Rochester band also on Carbon Records, which was uh, Mueller's label called Transmission 56, uh, who I also saw uh, a good number of times. And the snow was so bad that like when Mueller started playing, they were like the first opener, uh, Jawbox hadn't even made it to the building yet. Jeez. Yeah, Western New York, man, like just, you know, you hit it at the wrong time of year and like uh, maybe don't tour up there during that oh time of God. year. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that, that was definitely when you, you plan your out of town, like out of state trips, because trying to play shows around the area in the winter yeah. was just a mess. Try to, uh, yeah. just try to go to shows. Yeah. It was a mess. The whole show started late and everything like that. And I remember uh, my, because I think I was 16 or 17 at the time. Uh, I was probably 17, uh, and my father had, like, come to pick me up, like, when the show was done, except that, like, he had to, like, wait, he, like, waited, like, out there for me because Jawbox hadn't even played yet, and I remember going out being oh, like, no. you gotta give me a couple songs, Dad, you gotta give me a couple, like, I understand what happened, but... yeah. You gotta give me a couple uh, songs. I, I saw Jawbox play, like, three or four songs, and I was like, okay, I'll go home now, but, like... <laughs> I am almost positive that I had also seen Mueller because uh, you you uh, provided us a, a list of songs, like a, a folder with uh, links to the tracks so we could hear them. Um, but I wanted to see if I could put together a, a playlist so I could be a little bit more portable with it. And, you know, traveling around my house, just streaming it to different speakers. And I searched and I found this. I was like, oh yeah, 2019. Okay, so this is a, you know it must be just a bunch of fairly new picks. And I started out with this track, and I was like. Wow, these kids are really getting it these days because <laughs> this is absolutely like late nineties. This is like yeah. this was to the Great Lakes region what like the Midwest emo was to like the you know KC through like Ohio like region yeah. where it was like uh, le a little less twinkly and a little more kind of noodly guitars that like yeah. fuzzy yeah. sort of beats and I was like this is like. I have absolutely heard this song uh, at a show somewhere, you know, like 20 years ago. And then you're like, yeah, no, the, this track's from like 1997. It's like, the fuck are yeah. you talking about? Like, it's 2019. <laughs> oh, they must have re-released it. Uh, because yeah, it, yeah. as we've, we've talked about a bunch on this show, that, and you and I, uh, Dan, were talking about before we started recording, how there's all of this amazing music out there from, from that time period that was like, you know, just you know, early days of the internet, but like... Also, early days of people like self-producing and a lot of bands really like trying to get out there and, and do the work, but they you know fizzled out and, and died off before streaming really took over. And yeah. so a lot of that stuff just never made it to you know easily accessible places on the internet. And so you just you don't expect to to hear these like deep cuts from your childhood anymore. Yeah. There there are whole record labels, whole regional record labels and regional mm -hmm. scenes that just are missing mm -hmm. from 
you know the the digital world out yeah. there uh because like if as our, our, again this the theme of this show seems to be kicking Spotify in the teeth uh, <laughs> and and I'm 100% here for it uh because if you got a punch punch up yeah uh, hell yeah but like if you weren't part of like these major publishing companies or any of these major record labels or even smaller labels that would get bought up by these larger distribution companies, you know, not to get too inside baseball on like how it works, but right. if you weren't part of that, if you were Carbon Records from Rochester, New York in the late 90s, you sort of live and die with the guy in charge of Carbon Records in Rochester, yeah. New York. And he exists and is still around and obviously like reissued stuff in 2019, Mueller put out new records uh, in the in like the 2010s and stuff like that. They got older, you know. What happened to them is what happened to a lot of bands. Mm -hmm. They're in, you know, a regional band. They got to open for some great stuff, got to have a time, and then got older, got married, had children, you know, had yep. careers, and then came out the other side. The kids get older, and they're just like, oh, well, now I got a little free time again. Let And some people say like, hey, let's get the band back together. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes that's a horrible idea. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, and sometimes it's a fantastic idea. And in the case of Mueller, it's absolutely a fantastic idea because they put out at least one, if not two records uh, as as older guys. And yeah. I think those records were fantastic uh, and sounded great. Still had the spirit, had the fire of, you know, mid, late 90s Mueller, but obviously made by musicians who had grown and gotten you know played differently or played with different people in the in the meantime and all that um so it can happen so just think if if, if you're like in your later or 20s early 30s right now and your old band has fizzled out there's still time mm -hmm. yeah and uh, i think a lot of these smaller bands like if they can get a hold of a decent sounding copy uh, or you know the original masters by, by some chance they're just re-releasing the stuff on their own when they can yeah. or like like you said the the one guy that ran the label was feeling nostalgic and you know put it all back up it looks like uh Mueller actually they did a, a couple records in 2011 and 2015 and then yeah. in 2019 came back and just redropped this uh the state of play yeah. and it's it's just it's wild to see this uh, this window through time, like I've I've been hearing a lot of bands lately that are picking up on a lot of the 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 vibes of the stuff that we were listening to at, at this time period, and it's been really interesting to to hear that part of music cycle around. But it's even crazier to hear the the stuff that was from that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, these were the bands that we saw open up for you know everyone the the big bands that that, <laughs> yeah. that we saw. Yeah. Should we uh, should we jump on to the third song in your list here before we go into the break? Yeah, sure. This is an interesting one. We're going to completely switch gears right oh, yeah. here. Uh, yeah. Uh, so this is from a band called Trap Rabbit, uh, which is just a great name, just yes, a fantastic really name. Um, this track uh, also features another artist named Maxfield Gast, who I know nothing about. Uh, but Trap Rabbit are a really good example of a band in Philadelphia. When I started the podcast and was just talking to people, I started by just talking to my friends and then just started talking to friends of friends and you sort of extend your universe right there a little bit. Uh, even early on in the first couple of years of doing the podcast, people would mention these two guys, this keyboardist and this drummer, and they're playing under the name Trap Rabbit and they're backing up 
hip hop artists and they're rolling in and showing and like showing up at like like jazz open mics and things like that. And people are saying like, you got to check these guys out. Now, I have an appreciation for jazz and have my, my, my whole life. Again, I was fortunate enough to like come up in a good music and arts education where I got a nice, well-rounded musical education. Uh, but I was like, okay, yeah, what are these? Like, they're like a piano band, like whatever. And then I finally like dialed in and listened to them after, you know, like the fifth person told me to listen <laughs> to them and listened to it. And I was just like, well, this is some face melting shit right here. <laughs> like, this is great stuff. Um, cause for me, when I do get into jazz and instrumental music, like it's got a rip, mm-hmm. like it just absolutely has to like blow my hair back. Mm-hmm. Uh, there needs to like virtuosity needs to be at the top right there. Uh, that's just my taste. I'm not saying that that's how jazz should be, but like sure. to me, that's what it is. And these guys, uh, keyboardist name is Logan Roth and uh drummer's name is, uh, Arjun Dubey and they are just insane. Yeah, And so I picked this track as sort of an example of me going, you know, being part of the Philly scene for as long as I'd been, being in the bands that I'd been in, having the circle around me and me being like, well, I guess I know a lot about Philly music. And then hearing a group like this and finding this whole other world, again, of other players, other musicians, other engineers and producers that I knew nothing about. And I was like, oh, well... I guess I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Kitsy, this uh, this one felt to me like something that uh, Janelle might have introduced us to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. very much uh, with her vibes. Also, you know how, how I'm always talking about music that sounds like spy shit? Mm-hmm. This track, <laughs> but Dan, there's, there's a whole, in my mind, there's a whole subgenre that encompasses pretty much any other possible genre. When a, a musician starts playing uh, things that just make me think of spy movies. Yeah. And just that to me, there's the, the subgenre of spy shit. Uh, <laughs> and this track makes me think of, like I'm watching a 50s sitcom where they have an episode where the characters are trying to do spy shit and, you know, <laughs> hilarity ensues. <laughs> this is the uh, lead up music to them trying their spy shit. <laughs> I hope I hope Logan and Arjun hear that. I'm going to make them hear that cuz like they they would get a huge kick out of that. Like I love um, it. Ama- amazing guys. Uh, I had them on the show a, a few years back and the number of people that they've backed up or helped with um, that I've also then had on the show at some point, like there's a joke where like, how often will trap rabbit come up in a given year? And the answer is very often. Uh, like I was trying to, to, to think if, if they would be, uh, as, as prolific as like a, a Mikey Yerg type figure, but outside the punk world, uh, they, they play with everyone. Yeah. So probably. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah i mean what, what people sometimes forget about in in a in a larger music community is that especially in a place like philadelphia where we have like such great art schools like university arts uh and things like that and so you have this constant crop of talent mm-hmm. coming out of these institutions yeah. and a lot of them leave and go to you know nashville new york los angeles things like that. sure. and that's good like that that's a career path right there sure. but then you get a handful of them that stay mm. and like People like Trap Rabbit and and other bands like that. They look around Philly and they're like, "Well, why would I go anywhere else? Like, I'll just 
there are gigs to be had here. There's a community to be had here. There are, you know, peers and people to play with and then new people to meet all the time. You kind of come out of the the track of a, of a music school education. You're just like, well, how about I just stay right here? Uh, it's affordable. It's cool. Like, I know people here. Uh, this episode and I love brought that. to you by the uh, Philadelphia Tourism, Tourism Bureau. <laughs> I, <laughs> I should be getting a little, yeah, a little really. kickback from, from the Greater Philadelphia Tourism and Marketing Commission. Like, uh, I should, yeah. I mean, come on, guys. Dan, uh, you... You might be biased as as might I, but um, I think I tweeted recently that. Uh, well, I mean, I know I did because I did it. Uh, <laughs> I, tweeted, I tweeted recently that I think that Philadelphia right now has the best music scene of of any city in the country. Would you agree? It's certainly. I mean, to me, obviously, I agree. Like, duh, of yeah. course I agree. Like, I, I'm contractually <laughs> obligated to, to agree to that. Um, but even if I wasn't, I would agree because I've, I've lived here for so long and it's just become such a part of, of who I am and how I engage with art and music. But, and you and I, I think, had this discussion either on mic or off mic when, when you were on my show where it's like, because we're a city seemingly without pretension, like we just we suffer no bullshit yeah. in this city. And so like the people who are successful in the music and art world, a world full of pretension, mm-hmm. uh, they're people who like you look at them, you're like, oh, you would be doing this anyway. Like, no matter where you lived, if you lived in the middle of nowhere or lived in like the biggest city in the world, you would still be doing this. Uh, and I think we tend to collaborate a lot better, uh, network a lot better mm-hmm. as, as much as I hate using that term in terms of art, but it's not a, it's, it's not an inappropriate term. Um, and when you like come to Philly and you start talking to an artist, start talking to a band and the conversation comes up of being like, Hey, we should work together. We should do a thing together. Chances are that is going to happen. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, I I've noticed that because I've I've lived in we talked about this on your show, Dan. I've lived in a lot of different places and tried to get involved in music scenes in a lot of different places. And I think the only place other than here that I was even somewhat successful in getting involved in a music scene was when I lived in Syracuse. And I think that was only because I uh, was working at the Apple store at the same time as, as Caleb's brother, Josh. And he was like, Hey, we should start a band. And I was like, cool. Yeah. And like, and that's how that happened. Um, but like I've lived in Boston, Chicago, the Bay area. And like, just like people don't even want to talk to you. And I, I find like Philly is the most open and that I've been in anyway, at least the most open, like least gatekeepy. Um, oh, yeah. Type yeah city. Absolutely. Like everyone's just like super cool. And, you know, super happy to like promote what everyone else is doing. And, and like, it's just like, we're all friends and we're all trying to do the same thing. And, and it's, I, I haven't felt that anywhere else I've been. And it's just a, it's just a nice thing. If you make something here, like if you go through the effort and the work, mm-hmm. work and effort are the same word, but like, <laughs> um, if, if you go through all this stuff to make a band, to make a record, to book a show, to have a night or whatever, like we don't as a whole, like take that for granted. Yeah. Like we look at that, we're just like, cool, you're doing something. I'm also doing something. What if we did something together? And it's not even necessarily in a, oh, I wonder what this guy can do for me or anything like that. It's just like, yeah, yeah I'm doing a thing. You're doing a thing. Let's do a thing together. Let's hang out. Let's, yeah. you know, let's, let's hang out, have some bands, have a couple citywides, you know, or, or whatever. And just like in, enjoy, you know, just enjoy the, the fun of making something that like to most people seems impossible to make. Yeah. Like, 
the the idea that you can book your own show in a club, like yeah. with a PA, to a lot of like to to all of us here talking is totally normal and in fact almost mundane sometimes. But to like normal people, like the fact that you're able to like get three bands together on a Friday night and play a place, like that's huge. Like you're you're a, you're a star if you're in the bands, and you're kind of a star for making it happen. Mm-hmm. And like I feel like we recognize that in in this city, we recognize work and we recognize effort. And I think the the collaboration thing is is very true too. I mean, I think the, the fact that you're on our podcast right now is a perfect example of that. Um, and and me being on your show uh, a couple of weeks ago, it, because like by you know for all intents and purposes, we are competing with each other. You know, we we have sure we have we both have music. <laughs> you know, we all like it's two music podcasts. We're competing for the same audience. You know, there's a finite number of hours in people's days that only so much they can listen to. And so one way we could have looked at this is, you know, we are each other's competition. So, like, we need to to try to one-up each other. But instead, here we are just, like, hanging out on each other's shows, having a great time. And yeah. that's and that's totally cool. And I, that's, I love that. I, I've, I've never wanted to make music to compete. And yeah. I've never wanted to make this podcast to compete. I think you might have said something like that when we talked. You or... I. I, I talk to so many people that sometimes it just runs in my head who said what or the other. Of course, but yeah. I think you, I think you said something similar to this, where it's like I don't want to compete with people. I don't want to be better than any. I just want to be part of a big old ecosystem yeah. of of people doing cool shit all the time. Yeah. Because if if we're all doing cool shit all the time, then like That's we cool. all win. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 cool. It's literally cool shit. I don't <laughs> I don't think I said that, but that sounds like something I feel. So I'm gonna yeah. go ahead and take credit go. for it anyway. Yeah. Um hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it's I you know I don't want to compete with anybody. I just want to make cool shit while everyone else is making cool shit. And I want to help other people make cool shit and just have fun doing it. That's all I yeah. care about. And sit back and watch your friends do something. You're like, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. I have a question. Yes. Oh, for dear. me or Dan? You, Dan. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you said citywide. Yeah. Can you be specific? Oh, uh, a citywide is. Uh, it's. I guess it's a Philly thing. Uh, I've never really seen it many other places. Uh, it's. It's essentially a, a can of cheap beer and a shot okay. of, of of equally cheap alcohol. Okay. Uh, Many places would, many people would argue who originated it, uh, for lack of a better term, let's say Bob and Barbara's did it, <laughs> uh, a bar on, on South Street. One of like the last of like the old school dives Sure. Um, on a part, in a part of the city that has long since tried to erase mm-hmm. its old school dives. Mm-hmm. But you got Bob and Barbara's, which I think is still there, or maybe it's closed. Again, goes to show how much I go out or engage with uh, in nightlife in that way. But it was like a can of PBR and a shot of Heaven Hill. And okay. it was like really cheap. And it was a way for, as an artist, where you don't have a lot of money, but you would also like to get inebriated, uh, a, a way to do that effectively and quickly. I, I feel like most cities have some version of that, uh, at least somewhere. I, uh, I I thought it probably was a, a Philly-specific thing, but the, we have a fairly well-known and popular uh, beer here in St. Louis called Citywide. Uh, oh, great. From, from Four Hands Brewery. So I was like, wait a second. Has that gotten now, popular in Philly? Now, no. if they serve a citywide with a shot of cheap whiskey, they then probably like, do. <laughs> oh, then that's that's the thing right there. There, it is, there yeah. are different versions of it too. Uh, there's one in Philly. We we call it the industry because uh, I I aside from being an artist uh, and a musician and a 
you know, part of the community. Also work in the service industry because that's what you do. Yep. Um, we have one is called the industry citywide, which is, um, usually it's, it's either a can of Budweiser or in some places I've seen it, uh, something else, but a can of Budweiser, uh, and a shot of, uh, Ferne Branca, the, uh, like after dinner liqueur, yeah, uh, and we call that the industry citywide. So and I gotta tell bit, you, uh, if, if you class. are one, <laughs> if you are one who who imbibes alcohol, uh, the mixture of a cheap American beer and a very herbal, almost bitter Fernet Branca is a remarkable combination. <laughs> Interesting, <laughs> noted. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and hear This Was Once Out of Shape by Trap Rabbit uh, here from our sponsor. When we come back, we'll continue talking to Dan about some more tracks that he picked. So stay tuned. Hello, I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Colin Ryan. And we're here to tell you about the new podcast coming to the Night Shift Radio Network. It's something two white cishet dudes have never covered. Star Trek. But here's the twist. The omnipotent god is actually a malfunctioning robot? No. Well, maybe. But the real twist is we roped our mom into it. That's me. Hi, Hi, Mom. Mom. In the monthly podcast, we will cover all the Trek movies from the motion picture to beyond. Our lifelong love of Trek comes from being introduced to it by our mom at a very young age. But that's a story for the podcast. 
Look at you, Mom. You're a natural. That's why I'm the Admiral. So join us September 8th for our monthly podcast, Where No Mom Has Gone Before. Available on the Night Shift Radio Network, wherever in subspace you catch your podcasts. Now, which one is the one with the whales? Four. Action stations, action stations, set condition one throughout the podcast. I'm your host, an SC1 actual, Caleb. I'm your host, an XO, Kitsy. I'm your host, Andrea, and I don't know what any of that means. Welcome to set condition one, a Battlestar Galactica fancast. Each week, we revisit, and I watch for the first time, the 2004 sci-fi series Battlestar Galactica. Whether you're the commander of a soon-to-be decommissioned battleship, or unexpectedly promoted to president of the 12 colonies, join us as we make our way through the Battlestar Galactica universe, one episode at a time. I still don't know what you're talking about. Set Condition One, a Night Shift Radio production. New episodes every week at setcondition1 throughout the podcast.com. Now that I understand.
You're still listening to Left of the Dial. I'm still Kitsy. Caleb is still unreplaceable. And still happy to be here. Hell yeah. <laughs> and we, of course, are still talking to Dan Drago from the 25 O'Clock Podcast. Dan, thank you for not leaving during the break. Oh, no, I, I, I'm I, here forever, like forever. You're going to close this window, open it up again, and I'm still You're here. just on our podcast now? You're our third co-host? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That, that, yeah, because cause I, need, I need more to do. <laughs> I feel that. I feel yeah. that. So, Dan, tell us about what we just heard coming back from the break. We just heard from one of the more dynamic voices that's come out in the Philly scene, I think, over the last... Uh, last year or so. I would agree. Uh, a couple years. Uh, she, she's been making music for, for a few years at this point. Uh, very young. Her name is Harmony Woods. Well, her, her name is Sophia, but she plays under the name uh, Harmony Woods. And uh, the song that we just heard was called God's Gift to Women, which is probably my favorite track off her latest album called Graceful Rage, which was produced by uh, Barty Strange, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was. And also a surprise release. No one even knew it was coming. And then suddenly it was here. Yeah. Which was yeah. super cool. I've I've known who she is uh, a little bit, mostly thanks to you know places like the Key uh, XPN, like sort of that their social media arm that really does uh, cover a lot of just again I don't want to use terms like lesser known, greater known, like because those are value yeah. uh, words right there. But just you know they're not war on drugs, they're not Kurt Vile, but they are a vital vital part of the scene. And in fact, I think at times more important than some of the larger names sure, yeah. in this scene right because on. they continue to live here, continue to play in the clubs, continue to uh, play in the DIY spaces and all that. Um, but that Harmony Woods record, uh, I, I got into it probably from suggestions from a couple of people. I saw the Barty Strange name on it and I'd known about Barty's for, for quite a few years because he had played with some other Philly bands. I believe he's Baltimore-based. Am, yeah. am I not mistaken? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, Baltimore, Philly were sort of like sibling cities like to, neighbors. to a point. Yeah, yeah. I played my share of shows in Baltimore and had a great time doing it, by the right way. Uh, of all the places to play up and down sort of the I-95 Eastern Seaboard Corridor, uh, Philly's my favorite because I live here, uh, but Baltimore would probably be a very, very close second. One of my all-time favorite uh, songwriters uh, out of the like the the nineties and into early two thousands, uh, like Indian emo scenes, uh, Ryan Shelka out of Baltimore. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, Cross my heart. Liars Academy. Dead Red Sea. The the Desert Boys. Like oh, I just I love his stuff so much. Isn't that uh, isn't he also um, Umbrellas? No, you're thinking of uh, Scott from Lindsay Dyers. Oh, you're right. I am. Who was uh, originally from here, St. Louis? Oh, hey, who knew? Oh, cool. I didn't. I yeah. knew. Apparently, I knew. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I think it's super cool. Philly. I think it's yeah. super cool that you picked this track, um, especially because we covered uh, Harmony Woods's second record uh, very early on in our podcast. One of the mm -hmm. first records we covered, and uh, we loved it. We had yes. so many good things to say about it, and we haven't talked about harmony woods since and there's a very specific reason for that um i hope it's an awesome reason it, it well it's a it's, very awesome reason it, i hope it, it's it's ultimately an awesome reason um it's also a bit of a bummer but uh we uh sophia was supposed to come on our show like march of last year mm. to talk about her first record um and then uh, and it was like right she's about to leave for tour with i believe insignificant other and that whole tour got canceled because of, I forget why, but it was March of 2020, so <laughs> something happened. We'll never know. We'll never know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's lost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
and and so that tour got canceled and so uh and i think like the tour got canceled the day she was supposed to come on the podcast and talk to us and so she wasn't really feeling up to being on the podcast which totally fair i totally yeah. get it like your tour gets canceled that's a huge bummer um and then we've been trying to sync up to get her on the podcast since then and it's been uh all manner of just scheduling conflicts and mm-hmm. just other things going on and whatnot. And we were supposed to talk to her a couple of weeks ago. And then we fucked up and had to reschedule the show that we were recording. Like the, the day we were supposed to record with her, like we screwed up and had to reschedule. So like she couldn't make the next one or whatever. But supposedly, assuming all goes according to plan, we are talking to her next week about this new record. Um, so hopefully this serves as a little preview of that. And hopefully I didn't just jinx it uh, <laughs> by saying that. Um, but we, as of right now, we are still scheduled to talk with her next week. So, uh, very much looking forward to that. Uh, we are both very big fans. Uh, we loved the the second record, which we covered. Uh, I have been listening to the third record a lot. Caleb, I think mm-hmm. you have too. Oh yeah. Um, so I have, I have extremely strong feelings about this record that I want to save the majority of for when we, we yes. talk to, to Sophie. Yeah. Um, I will make the uh, the possibly contentious statement that while you said this is your your favorite track on the record, this is probably my least favorite track on the record. Ooh, fight, oh, fight, fight, oh, fight! However, <laughs> I will back that up to say by uh, I will back that up by saying there's not a single bad track on this record. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah. What's, so what, it's, what's it's your favorite track from on start the, to yeah. finish? Um, I think it's it's going to be a, a toss up. I think between. Um, so make sure I get the the titles right. Uh, easy and I can't. I think. Are, oh, those are two great songs as well. Like, I, I, I mean, absolutely agree with you. You there's, can't there's find no a bad song material. on this record. Like, you can't. There's yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, like, it's it's one of those things that close your eyes and throw a dart at a list of these songs and you're gonna hit a good one. Like that's yeah yeah yeah. So I, I can jokingly say this is my least favorite track on the record, but it absolutely slaps uh, start to finish. It's so so catchy. Uh, her vocals and even some of the the songwriting, particularly on this track, remind me so much of my friend Stephanie uh, uh, Kitsy. We we talked about uh, Desert Sharks a, a while oh, back. Oh yeah, yeah, we got uh, Stephanie we gotta... from Desert Sharks. Uh, she was in a band called Edison Clio from Michigan years and years ago, and like this song reminds me of Clio, and I just get super stoked about it. <laughs> Yeah, no, now this, uh, it's funny too, that you talk about like the back and forth scheduling, uh, Sophie and I have also gone through similar things. And again, like it is no one's fault. Like yeah. some, sometimes it was me having to reschedule. Sometimes it was her having to reschedule. Um, so like, here's hoping that, that both of us yeah. like get to yes. get to talk to her at, at some point. Uh, and Sophie, if you listen to this, we no, this is not your fault and simply, uh, all of us weird podcasters fault. So yeah. Yeah. In fact, I'm fairly positive the last reschedule was actually my fault. It was, yeah. Uh, because I was going out of town and forgot, I, like, I didn't catch the date that we scheduled uh, in time to, to say something until after, like, she had agreed. I'm like, ah, damn it, this one's on me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah. and especially that one, since you have so many uh, thoughts about this record, I did not want to do that one with a fill-in co-host because... Uh, I really wanted you here for that one. So we, we I, bumped that one. And, and again, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> if all goes according to plan, a week from right now, we will be talking and it'll be great. I think we're all due. I think so. I think it's time. <laughs> it's time. 
we've we've put enough pressure on her at this point. <laughs> no, she's 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 great. She's she's great. Honestly, uh, she could just write all of us off for the rest of her life, and we would respect her for it. Probably. <laughs> I hope she. I usually though. assume most people have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just like, oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's she's like her her songwriting is on this whole other level that. Like just the fact that she even answers our emails, I'm just like, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There, there is, and I, I can't wait to, to to talk to her about like her process because I listen to this and all I can think of is like, this is someone who very much knows what they're doing mm-hmm. and yep. like every every note, every beat, every thought is like perfectly planned out. And I, I, I kind of want to hear her be like, oh, no, it just kind of comes to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, 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 that's usually what the answer casual. is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that's usually never... what the answer is when you like talk to an artist and you're just like, this has to be carefully thought. And they're just like, nah, I wrote this song 15 minutes in. Uh, everyone loves it. <laughs> we just improvised this in the studio. Was yeah. just, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Of course you did. Of course you yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. That would almost make it worse. <laughs> I would... I get upset at that sometimes. Uh, I'm just like, that's yeah. not. That's not how people write songs. Except uh, that it is. It yeah. totally is. <laughs> it totally is. Some of the some of the best moments are like when you're like you you've, you're on the tenth take of doing it the way you have done, and someone is like, "What if we just try this instead?" And it's it's gold. Yeah. Ah, the the creativity of frustration. Yes. Oh, wow. Now, that's a whole thing right there. I'm writing that down. <laughs> you can have that one. I'll allow it. Excellent. <laughs> that's two things you got from us now. This is. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm out, guys. This partnership is super lucrative. Yeah. For you. <laughs> for, for me. What are we getting out of it? I mean, I guess you bought a t-shirt, so that's cool. That's good. <laughs> I think it's a fair trade. Yeah. T-shirt for a couple of good ideas. Sure. There we go. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't want to rush past Harmony Woods, but since we are supposedly talking to her next week, I don't want to spend too much time on this track because I'm sure this is one that we're going to talk about next week. Um, so if you don't mind, I'd like to jump into your next song, which I'm very excited about. Oh, cool. You're you're familiar with, with the group? Uh, we'll get into that, but first say the name okay. of the song so I can play it, and then we'll talk about it. The song is called Let's Break Something. It's from the Philadelphia band Scream Cloud, which is just the coolest name. There's a lot of cool names in Philadelphia, and this one's up there, Scream Cloud.
That should be a streaming service. Yeah. It would pay their artists better than other streaming services. I'm, I'm sure. sure it would. We're, we're not going to call them out on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Why would we do that? We would never. We would never. Uh, anyway, Scream Cloud. Um, I am excited about this one, and I don't know why. Um, I mean, I do know why. I, I, I mean, because it's awesome. It was like, awesome. Yes, it's it's awesome. Um, I, I, this, I think this is my favorite out of all the songs that you sent over that I was not yet familiar with. Um, but I, I saw the name and immediately I recall, I think I met someone from scream cloud or talked to someone from scream cloud at some point. Cause I remember someone telling me that they were in a band called scream cloud. And I was like, that's a cool name. And I can't remember how or why or under what context or who who it was or or any of that, but it just was like, oh yeah, I was supposed to check this band out like two years ago, and then I didn't. Um, and so now I'm I'm stoked to hear that it's a really good band, and I'm I'm very excited about it. That's cool too, because like a couple of years ago, I think was probably when they were first getting started. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I remember I remember whatever the context was. I don't know if it was like back then I was looking for a band to play in and, and they, I, they were one of the bands I was talking to or something. I really don't remember. I just very, very much remember someone being like, yeah, I'm starting this band or I have this band that just started called scream cloud. And I was like, that's a cool name. And that's, I, I and I, that's the end of it. <laughs> I cannot remember the context behind it. Uh, so anyone from scream cloud, if you're listening and you remember that, let me know like wh what happened there. Cause I don't remember, but All right, I'm, I, I, I'm glad that your, your band is awesome. So <laughs> Yeah. This bio that they post everywhere, I've been looking at their, their band camp page, and I've seen it in a couple other places too. Uh, Screen Cloud is a band that loves all things heavy. 
baritone guitars, noise riffs, and songs that explore the existential dread that comes with modern life. Hell yeah. Uh, first of all, that's all fantastic. Um, <laughs> but baritone guitars also makes sense because yes. this song is nothing but heavy, growly fuzz. Yes. And it's the bass, but it's also the guitars, and it being a baritone makes so much sense because there's like it's almost all low end on this in like the best way. Yeah. Their <laughs> bass player, uh, her name is Danielle. And she also plays in another fantastic Philly band called Grocer. Okay. Uh, and not Grocer like the like Grocer like like buying vegetables. Like a grocery store. Fruits. Yeah, like a grocery store. Grocer. One who grosses. One who. <laughs> when I said it out loud, I was just like, "Oh, that sounds no, that's not what their name is." Um, yeah. Uh, G R O C E R Grocer. Yes. Thank you, Kitsy. Uh, and I've known about them for a long time because they were sort of an offshoot of another uh, New York slash Philly band called All Boy All Girl, and they're like you, like you arts kids who mm -hmm. went out and like formed a band, moved to New York, and then moved back because they were just like good choice. F this noise. Uh, I, yeah. I did a great interview with uh, uh, Danielle and Nick, uh, her partner. Uh, not just in the band, but in life. Uh, and they went into great detail of like living in the Lower East Side, working jobs, trying to get the music off the ground and realizing that like New York was just not conducive to no. things in that way anymore. Yeah, no. Like maybe it was at one point, but certainly not when they were there. So they came back to, uh, to Philly. Uh, they wrote a great song about like leaving New York, which is like, to me, one of the great pinnacle taking the piss out of New York songs. And there's quite a few out there. Um, but that's how I met Nick. That's how I met Danielle. And then Danielle, I think one of the first times that I talked to them and interviewed them mentioned that at the time she's like, oh, I just started this band with this other friend of mine called Scream Cloud. And I remember saying at the time, I'm like, what a great name. And then- <laughs> Nothing happened in my brain about mm -hmm. that for a long time. <laughs> uh, saw that they were putting music out. Uh, missed the opportunity to go see them a few times, you know, pre-pandemic, just, you know, in that way that you say you're going to do things and then you don't do them. Um, all those I wouldn't know anything we, about that. All those things <laughs> we took for granted, right? Yeah. Yeah. I will and say- And then uh, uh, Emily in the band hit me up recently about the new release, which this song comes off of and kind of got it back in my head. And so when you asked me to put some songs together, I thought like, oh, Scream Cloud sent me a track not too long ago and I really do like it. So let's, let's get it out there. Well, I, I will say, hopefully you don't have to feel too bad about not seeing them because uh, I am planning on reaching out to them about doing a Left of the Dial live. Yeah. Yes. Because they're awesome and we like awesome bands. That's it's it's like a prerequisite for being on left. I think one of the only prerequisites for being on left of the dial live is are you an awesome band? I mean, yeah. realistically, it's does one of us like your band is really the the and same for the yeah. podcast. Like, does does one of us dig it? Cool, you're in. Like, that's the yeah. only qualification we. Yeah. Well, okay. Does one of us dig it? And are you not a shitty person? That's true. Those yeah. are the two the two rules we have. Gotcha. Um, it's it's funny to hear that they they tried the uh, the New York life and moved back because. I would say of all of these picks, the, this would the, is the the one band that I would have pegged for being from New York. Yeah, yeah. I would see that. They just yep. have, they have that vibe musically. Uh, yeah, and so it makes sense that they would like be like, "This is where we need to be." Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah," and just yeah. one member of them too, by the way, not to confuse them with Grocer. They are two completely different bands. Yeah, um, but 
Yeah, no, they they definitely have that kind of like New York Lower East Side '90s no wavy type uh, yeah. type of sound to it, which is why, like I said, when when Danielle told me, it's like I'm in this band called Scream Cloud, and then sort of described them to me, and I just remember being like. Well, I'm all about everything you just said. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all of that aligns with my interests. Yes. Um, your ideas intrigue me, and I'd like to subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> absolutely. I, I, was, I was actually going to make that same quip myself. Thank you for, for getting, You're getting to that particular Simpsons reference before I did. Uh, also worth mentioning the glorious uh, name of the studio this was recorded at, uh, Cash for Gold Studios. <laughs> <laughs> I the number four. I cash I, four I very much want to believe that this is someone who like rented or purchased a a storefront that used to be a cash for gold business and put a studio in it and just kept the name. I really want that to be the story here. As far I as actually, I can tell, it's the the basement of a cash for gold. Even better, it yeah. looks horrifying in the before photos. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I do know the story on this studio. I, I do know who who runs oh, who tell. does this and all that. It's it's Same I or. believe. I believe this is this is Nick and Danielle's uh, basement rehearsal production studio. Oh, okay. Um, oh. Yeah, and and Nick, not to diverge too much from Screen Cloud, which is what we're talking about, but Nick Ron, the partner of of Danielle, uh, is a remarkable musician, guitar player, woodworker. He's built his own guitars. Like, oh, cool. Um, this they they come from a world and a like a circle of musicians who are extremely DIY. Like yeah. again, to the point of building your own instruments. Like wait, you wait, can't wait, get wait. any more DIY than that. What's his name again? Nick Ron. Like R A H N. Nick Ron. He's not the No. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was someone else, but he's not. Okay. Well, <laughs> That's all. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, <laughs> yeah, but they're like again, Scream Cloud, great, great band, and uh, I, I, I look forward to hearing hearing more from them now that I have remembered that they're a band. <laughs> right on. Oh, there's a video for this song too. We'll uh, see about including that in the uh, in the show notes. Yeah, you definitely should. Oh, I'm so glad you're back this week, Caleb. I'm so bad at show notes. Oh. <laughs> Last week was rough. What are what are show notes? <laughs> oh, so when uh, you might not know this, uh, but when you do a podcast, uh, <laughs> uh, typically you'll put notes in like a description box that that go along with the show. So if like people want to click on a link or something that you don't have to spell it out in the pot audio of the podcast, like they can just click on it in the show notes. Oh, I do that. Okay, they're basically notes that accompany called. the show. Hence the name show notes. Ah, yeah. I do that. I just have never called them that. <laughs> oh, wait. Interesting. I thought you were doing a bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I I was. I was doing a bit, but then I just realized, I'm like, oh, no, I've never called them that before, actually. It's just like, to me, I, it's not that I haven't given them a name, although if I'd taken two seconds to give them a name, the name I would have given them was show notes. Yeah. Um, but, but in that moment, I'm like, no, it's just like the notes I put up when I put up the show, and that's where my brain stopped. <laughs> You know, the notes that go with the show. What are those no, called? notes that go with the show. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So, so, so much of the good. back end of making a podcast, I, I'm like, so not uninterested in, but I'm just like, ah, just do it. Uh, and like, I just like do it and then it goes away. And I don't want to like dwell too much on like back end stuff. Even though when you're, 
you know, a, a producer, like the sole producer proprietor of a show, you have to know how to do all those things. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's some things I'm just like, yeah, sure. I'll write a thing that pops up and the thing that people read. Sure. I'll make it snappy. I send an email out every, you know, every week, uh, usually. And, but I never think about, yeah, well, that's exactly what it would be called. All right. Sometimes I, I put goofy shit in the show notes just as a test to see if anybody actually reads them. No one's yeah. ever called me out, so I don't know if it's just that no one's calling me out or if it's still no like if it's proof that no one's reading them. I don't I, know. I or, read them. Or else we're highly entertained. I, I read them because it's how I know who's going to be on the show. Oh, well, good. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it up. Before we jump into our last song, Dan, uh, obviously we've talked about your podcast, 25 O'Clock. Uh, excellent podcast. If you have not listened to it, uh, this sounds like I'm telling you if you haven't listened to it, Dan, but I know you've listened to it because you're on it. It's your Have podcast. You? But, uh, <laughs> no, I don't listen to it. But for those of you out there listening to this, if you haven't listened to 25 O'Clock, uh, please, please go ahead and, and uh, subscribe to that and listen to it because it's very good. Um, all kinds of good stuff on there, uh, including an interview with me recently. Yeah. So if you, yeah. if you just can't get enough me, which I don't know how that's possible because um, there's already so much of me out there. But if you just need more... Uh, that, that interview was a lot of fun, but... No, it was a lot of fun, Can't yeah. get enough of your voice, Kitty. That's something <laughs> no one's ever said. Um, Dan, is there anything else you want to plug? Anything you've got coming up? Anything you want to shout out? Um, just words of wisdom for people, like life <laughs> advice? Uh, oh, do you have any, uh, like, pyramid schemes you're a part of that you want to plug? Like, what, what do you got going on? Oh, man. Like, the... the a Philadelphia music podcast is just rife for being an incredibly profitable pyramid. <laughs> I mean, I don't, that's I, why we started ours. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that we like, wanted to be like, our own bosses and here we are. Uh, here I am. <laughs> I used to work for now. Anyway, uh, um, <laughs> episodes are always coming out. Uh, I feel like in the month of October, I'm putting them out every week. Just got to have a little more time right now. And I was blessed to have uh, a handful of, episodes in the can and I don't often like to wait too long sure, yeah. to put them out yeah because um, the people that I talk to they're constantly doing things constantly making things and I you know I want to get it get them out for that yeah so I've got episodes coming out it's a you can subscribe pretty much anywhere that you get podcasts uh, I seem to be out everywhere except Spotify we already talked about that don't listen to your podcast um, on Spotify folks just don't. there's like there's like one there's one that I do because I can't get it anywhere else because uh, it's through the ringer um, and it makes me upset. And I wish if there was a way for me to like pirate bay torrent that podcast, I might consider it. I can't uh, believe that even with like a Spotify exclusive that like one of the other like aggregators hasn't somehow snagged it. Yeah. Well, I, I think that there's, I think there's a reason for that. I think a lot of effort has gone into yeah. like yeah. not be for certain stuff that's getting put out exclusively on certain networks. Um, but again, that's talk, talk about inside baseball right there. Um, but yeah, you can get me anywhere that you subscribe to podcasts. Uh, you can subscribe, you can rate it, you can leave notes, do all those things. I I'm just, I'm happy that people, that people tune in and that people are into the, the artists that, that I highlight on, on the show. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, whenever you think of a particular area, a particular region's music scene, there's always like the big hitters that come out that people think of that have, you know, gone not to national acclaim and things like that. And that's all great. But you have to remember for every market that has a whole bunch of bands that have gone on to national acclaim, there are even more that are there that are making a vibrant community, making a vibrant scene. And, a, 
you know, they, they deserve attention. They, they, they deserve to be treated with the same yeah. attention and care and, and respect that uh, a larger national, uh, larger national band receives. Cause you never know who's going, not even to be the next big thing, but who's just going to be the thing that breaks out that, you know, that appeals to, to a whole lot of people everywhere. Uh, so that's mostly what I'm trying to do. I just, there are bands that are out there. They need to be treated like big bands, you know, I mean, so to speak. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Like, you know, the, the smaller bands, I know you said you don't like using that, that term, but like, you know, the lesser known maybe is a better, better way to say it. Like those bands aren't any less good or less valid or less valuable than the, the more well-known bands out there. Uh, they just maybe don't have the the money and the marketing behind them that the the more well known bands do, and so it's you know that doesn't make their music any any worse. You know, a lot of times I think for me at least the the lesser known bands I find myself connecting with their music a lot more uh, most of the time. So uh, it's it's really cool to to talk to someone else who who feels that way and is is yeah. all about promoting. Um, promoting those bands that, you know, maybe don't get coverage elsewhere, but really should because they are actually quite good. Yeah, yeah. There's, and we talked at the beginning of the show about, you know, the joy of accessibility yeah. uh, at a young age and finding bands that you can just kind of like walk up to. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is so Philly cool. is full of those bands. Uh, and again, part of it is just our nature uh, as a community. And it's just like, they're just, they're, everyone's just people in the end. And if you like what they're doing and you show enthusiasm, like that's going to make them happy. And they're happy that you dig it. Yeah. So, you know, in the end, ain't, ain't none of us making a ton of money doing any of this podcast or even being in bands. So it might as well be a great time. Wait, you're so. not making money on your podcast? <laughs> well, again, there's there's the pyramid scheme, but I have to not talk about that because there's tax reasons and oh, you yeah. know, fraud. Oh, sorry, and yeah, we'll, like we'll that. cut that. We'll cut that. <laughs> Let's not talk about the fraud. But. <laughs> Listen, I'm right here. You can call me by my name. <sighs> oh, <dear. laughs> uh, Dan, you've got one more song that you picked. Want to tell us what it is and tell us a little about it? Uh, this song is called Spotted Tiger. Uh, it's from the band called Low Priestess, who to some would seem like a new band, and they are. The actual makeup of the band is a new band, but their uh, front woman, Gina Cardillo, uh, is a long, long time member of the Philadelphia music community. Uh, she was in a band called the gang age and, uh, she's in a band called dear forbidden, uh, who are still, who are still active right now. Uh, and probably I say this often, uh, probably my favorite Philadelphia band, uh, and have been for quite some time. Uh, I just, I just really dig what they're about and I dig their sound and uh, the band Dear Forbidden is made up of three incredibly, a uh, four now actually, uh, incredibly talented musicians who have their own other things going on as, as well. So it's just always cool to see that happening in a community is that you find a band and there's four people in that band and maybe some of those people in that band have other bands and then boom, off you go. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can just connect the dots forever. Uh, but low priestess have put out a new record. It's called how'd your bones break. And like I said, I've been a, been a Gina fan for a long time and just a fan of anything that she attaches herself to. Uh, so this is a uh, dear forbidden being a little bit of a louder kind of pixies ish, loud, quiet band, uh, spotted tiger being, uh, mellow stripped down. Those terms don't really, uh, lend it what I want to lend it, but 
if you like Dear Forbidden, you're going to like Low Priestess. If you're hearing Low Priestess for the first time and have never heard any of these other things that I've just mentioned, you're going to like all of these other things that that I just mentioned. Awesome. So I, I noticed uh, it it doesn't work as well with the the first half, uh, but the the second half of this episode, uh, the titles make a, the, the, a little bit of a story. Graceful rage. Let's break something. How'd your bones break? These are the album titles. Yeah, no, these are all great. <laughs> these are all great album titles. Yeah, they do kind of thread a story, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this you. I wouldn't say that there was like a, at least musically, an overarching theme, or like that these songs, you know, all sound alike or anything like that. Um, I guess what I'm actually saying is quite the opposite. However, I feel like it's, this uh, track "Spotted Tiger" stands out the most uh, as feeling the most different than the rest, which is weird because they're also very different. Yeah, yeah, and this record, uh, I believe this record, they worked with uh, a producer named Brett Call. Uh, who was in like a sort of a 90s regional band called Gray-Eyed Glances. Uh, and he has he has a studio up in the Norristown area. I, it's odd. I'm going to talk about Brett without having like written things down about Brett. I haven't, uh, I haven't talked to him in a little while. Uh, but he was on the show because uh, he has this band called Rise Twain uh, with, with another musician as well who are really, really outstanding. If, if you like highly produced like highly very well produced like 90s style like rock and roll i'm uh, listening that's caleb brett, yep brett brett's your guy what was brett's that again his, his name is brett call uh the band's called rise twain uh he was also in a band in the 90s called uh gray glances uh and i believe did uh quite a bit of work on this uh this low priestess record um excellent and uh i had I've had Gina, I, I've featured uh, music by Dear Forbidden and Gina multiple times on the show and had her on the show way back in the day. I think I was still in the teens of episodes when I had her on. Yeah, it's a very, very cool song. I mean, you, you said like using like mellow, low-key, whatever, like maybe aren't the, the most apt descriptions, but like there is a very, like a chillness to it, but uh, like that kind of twangy, I get almost like a like a Southwest uh, sort of uh, vibe, like some of the the music that I've I've heard come out of that that region of the country. Uh, you know, not not full on cowboy, but like cowboyish yeah. leaning. <laughs> yeah. The other great thing about this track is, and maybe I'm just ascribing it to this track because I know the other music uh, that, that Gina makes is that this track at any point could kick off and yes. go somewhere completely different. I can uh, feel that. Yeah. This track does not. This track lives in its world and does what it does. But again, it's just for me, having listened to Dear Forbidden uh, for, for so many years, listening to anything that Gina lends her voice to and lends her songwriting to, I, in the back of my head, I'm like, this gets loud in a second, right? Like this gets like insanely, awesomely loud. Uh, but not this any record. Moment now, any moment, any moment. Yeah. This, this record practices restraint. Ooh, restraint. That's an excellent word yeah. for for the way that this track feels. Yeah. Like it it wants to break loose, but the the musicians are are holding it in and there's like so much like pent up energy in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dan, thank you so yeah. much yeah. for joining us this Great week choices. and for bringing us some new music to listen to. We always appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Um it's been an absolute pleasure. 
Oh, thank you guys so much. And thank you for doing what you do. It's, I know we said, we made the joke about how we're all in competition, but like the only way that this scene continues to be what it is and the community continues to be what it is, is well, first and foremost, the bands and the artists. Yeah. And secondly, I think it's, it's folk like us who are going to create these uh, places to, to highlight it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you can't just sit around and wait for the national media or the internet media to to pick up this stuff like yeah. it's it's our job we know these bands we know these people we're going to these shows we're talking to them we're we're sharing a city with them so it makes sense that that it's us absolutely right huh well we're going to go ahead and hear spotted tiger by low priestess to take us out uh, this has been left to the dial i have been kitsy caleb has been coy thank you so much for listening and we'll be back next week by the spotted tiger He lies up inside her My, my, how many spiders Does it take just to make you a fighter? Does it take to arrange the fire inside her? Sends me spinning And the 
if I say goodnight, no one.